Lucky Land Casino asking people what's the weirdest place you've gotten lucky? Lucky? In line at the deli, I guess? Aha, in my dentist's office. More than once, actually. Do I have to say? Yes, you do. In the car before my kids' PTA meeting. Really? Yes. Excuse me, what's the weirdest place you've gotten lucky? I never win and tell. Well, there you have it. You can get lucky anywhere, playing at LuckyLandSlots.com. Play for free right now. Are you feeling lucky? No purchase necessary. Void where prohibited by law. 18 plus. Terms and conditions apply. See website for details. Talk Recorded live. Good evening and welcome to Lawrence Talk Show. Tonight is Saturday, April 28th, 2018. Um, we're going to start our podcast. If you've called in, you can tell that your phone has now been muted. Whenever I'm in the mode of uh, interviewing or personal commentaries, the callers are muted. The chat room does remain open. You're welcome to chat among yourselves. Um, again, when I'm in that interview, personal commentary mode, I don't interact with callers or chatters because it uh, bothers my distraction. Upon commence, if you have a question for our speakers tonight, go ahead and star eight on your phone. I'll see you on the board. And if you're in the chat room, go ahead and put like a question mark first and type your question in. And at that time, everyone, I go between calls and chats. As always, all comments and opinions of my callers and chatters do not necessarily reflect my own. However, I do feel in any communication forum, there's much to gain and much to learn. I do believe, in my opinion, that's how we grow. So everyone, without further ado, as I always say it, let's go ahead and get the show on the road. Yeah, you're at the right place. Lawrence Podcast. Welcome, new Jack targeted individuals. Yeah, who are we? We're targeted from the mega city. We've got street smart, common sense, and most, most of us are formally educated. We're nobody's fools. We're trying to break down this horrific crime and expose it for what it is modern day slavery. Oh, new Jack, I got some real class for you tonight. I've got Mr. Hugh. Carlson, and Mr. David Solano. They are both from Ubiguous Opportunities Unlimited. We're going to see these here and see these men's complete vision, as they call it, global visionary ingenues tonight. Without hesitation, let's give a warm welcome to Hugh and David. Good evening. Good evening, Hugh. Good evening, David. Welcome. Hi. Thank you so much. Uh, I just got a call from you today, uh, and <laughs> I, I always leave things to spirit. That uh, I guess you heard me on some other talk show program, and after speaking with you, I can see your heart's in the right place not to waste time, but to really uh, go into spirituality and empower people in the right way. So that's what I'm all about. I've had quite a bizarre life, uh, and there's a big website that I want to give a page that people can go to as they listen to uh, the show. They can look over all the different pages and formulate their own questions. If you simply Google my last name, Charleston is spelled T like Tom, R-A-U-L-S-E-N like Nancy, then put the word and, A-N-D, and then Trump. T-R-U-M-P, and the word whistleblower, 
It will bring you to a website, rootingoutcorruption.weebly.com, and be sure to click on the homepage too, and click on the blog creativity777.com, and I believe the Facebook page is on there too, uh, facebook.com, ubiquitous opportunities unlimited. Uh, so I do want to say that I've had such a bizarre life and been set up in all kinds of schemes throughout my life. I don't accept uh, uh, being uh, somebody that is called a targeted individual. Instead, with my creativity, I call myself a transformative individual. So whatever you're uh, bringing at me, I'm going to reverse and through transparency eventually expose you or stop you or bring you to uh, a legal end. uh, (laughs) And it's so interesting to see how much of this is happening more and more today, and that's where we got to nip this in the bud. I mentioned to you, too, in the call that it is available on the Internet. I confirm that, that if you Google uh, World War II uh, government uh, tests, uh, germ warfare in the New York City subway, subway systems. I think they were doing it all the way up until 1969 in one article I saw. So uh, there are things that our government does without our permission. And that, that the government is supposed to be a representation of us. And uh, so we have to start uh, rooting out the corruption. It's just so corrupt at this point that uh, at every uh, ounce of opportunity to sh- uh, shine the light where it needs to to stop all this corruption. Uh, uh, that's where we're coming together and starting in the local communities and using our cell phones to put in the face of uh, people running for political office and say, don't tell me what you can do for me once you're elected. You tell me today, right here and now, what you can do for this community, for the state, and for the country. The people have the answers. The consensus of the best solutions is what should put that person into office if they're not doing what they're put into office for they're right out of there and we'll get somebody else and uh, we have to go to a whole new paradigm of love there's been enough hate since the beginning but love is god energy and that's the most powerful energy there is so as we get on to the show more uh, I don't know how much Dave uh, will be able to spend, how much time he'll be able to spend with us. So I'm just so happy that he was able to come on to the beginning of the show just to discuss some of the technologies that uh, we're strategizing with. And then people can follow up through the Internet and he'll explain how to do that, too. But we're both Air Force veterans. I'm a Vietnam era veteran as well as Dave. And Dave is also been involved in cybersecurity for quite a few years, as well as educational, and he's just a wonderful community volunteer. I came into contact with him. I just happened to see that there was a, a 80th anniversary alumni uh, yearbook for the high school that I graduated from. I only went there one year, but I did grow up in the town of Bayside, New York, which was the original Hollywood before there was a Hollywood. <laughs> if you Wikipedia Bayside, New York, you'll be amazed at some of the stars and people that lived there. 
And so Isn't that I, interesting? Was that like when movies were silent movies? Are you saying? Yes, like, all the way back in that period. That. Yes, right. And my mother actually was asked because she was a supermodel, and she acted on Broadway with uh, Liz Weaver, whose husband was Pat Weaver, who really started NBC Television in New York, and they're the parents of Sigourney Weaver. I actually played with Sigourney Weaver a number of times as a kid. She knows who I am. I have a lot of celebrity interaction and contacts, which, uh, again, if they want to come forward and, and speak on behalf of what we're looking to expose, that would be wonderful somewhere down the line. And in that regard, too, uh, President Trump is aware of me. That page I'm directing you to, you'll see at the top, it says that Hugh Charlson Associates is looking to help President Trump unite uh, people in America. But I don't see that as a priority. I hear talk but I don't see the action. So uh, I will always pray for any president in office and offer my assistance, but I really would love to not ever interact with him behind a closed door, but through a third party, let him say what he has to say and let me say what I have to say. Because believe me, I think I have a little more experience in certain areas than he does. And my, I love to document things so that shows that I'm not full of BS. And what I can't document, I don't care what people think. I speak from my heart. So make your own decision on whether you think I'm just BS in you or not. But there's so many people that are full of BS and uh, that big website, you'll even see a Wall Street Journal article since Lauren, you're in uh, Indiana. It was written by a true journalist back in the day that people can Wikipedia and see who he was, Jonathan Quitney. And in the article, you will see how things were just fact-based. It wasn't opinions. And that he actually in two different places uh, told a gentleman that I exposed in that Wall Street Journal article, who I believe was a, a rogue CIA operative, uh, Dr. Paul Sines. He had sent me a memo, which I sent to Jonathan Quitney. I triggered the whole uh, investigation that eventually happened. And uh, Dr. Sines denied ever sending it, but when it was a copy of it or it was shown to him, he had to admit that was his signature. Otherwise, it could have been determined by handwriting analysis that he was lying. So he he showed that he lied in the beginning and then changed. Another point in the article explained that he came and actually attended my workers' comp hearing. And uh, when they went around the room identifying the people that were there, he said he was representing me as my attorney. He denied that also, but the hearing record picked it up, so he was guilty of a misdemeanor right there. So, again, when you... When you're working with spirit and you, uh, God knows what's in your heart, and if you're looking to uh, just be a good person and help others, no matter what it is, if that faith is rock solid, you're on the right path as long as you're uh, staying in positivity and love with uh, God energy. So on that note, what I'd like to do is have Dave come on, and I never met him in person yet, but he's been a wonderful resource for me. He's the webmaster and maintains a Facebook page, two Facebook pages, a Hugh Charlson Twitter page, and that big website, rootingoutcorruption.weebly.com. And we're partners in an organization called Talk Fusion. I don't even use these tools, but 
with my creativity, I know how to strategize with them. And that's the whole mm -hmm. key because the company was started mm -hmm. about 15 years ago by a police officer in Florida, and it's already a billion dollar company. There are uh, big organizations involved with it. You'll see, uh, I think, Make-A-Wish in West Point, Orange Talk Fusion, Applebee's, uh, Norwegian Cruise Lines, just to mention a few. I don't know how they're using the tools uh, because it's set up as an MLM. So depending on that, what network you're in, uh, that's where anybody coming into our network, we don't just want to promote MLM. We want to have people be empowered by these video products, which Dave is still just getting acquainted with. I know they work in here. He's giving me the feedback that they do. So that's the power. Everything, and the big companies, they, they don't know how to handle what we're doing because I, I say, and I'll let Dave get on just after this, but they just give you an idea. I say, any company today can have the best product, the best customer service. It's no longer enough. In addition, you have to be good to your employees, your customers, the environment, and give back to the community in ethical, legal, moral ways. Otherwise, you're going to go by the wayside quickly as people wake up and realize Election Day is every single day you buy a product. So if you're buying lead-based painted toys out of China through Walmart, your kids don't have a choice. But you do. Look at who you're buying from. A lot of people aren't even aware. Walmart paid a fine of $82 million for dumping pesticides down storm drains. They paid the fine. It's in and out of the consciousness of people. $82 million is quite a bit of money to most people, but it's peanuts to Walmart. So what's to stop them from doing this again or doing something else until they get caught? That's where the transparency with the strategies we have will root out that corruption. So I'll let Dave take it from here just to let him know his expertise with cybersecurity and uh, education and what we're looking to do with Talk Fusion. Thank you. Thank you so much, Hugh, everyone. And now we're going to hear from Mr. David Solano. Uh, good evening, David. Hi, good evening. And uh, that's quite an introduction, Hugh, and thank you. And, Lauren, it's such a pleasure to, you know, get on with you guys tonight and discuss this thing that we've got going on. And um, I have to say, having met Hugh and uh, working with him has been quite an adventure. He's got a phenomenal background, and I guess I picked up on his energies and, and all the things he's been through. And for a man who has so much going on in his life, it's um, a pleasure to work with him. So my background briefly is in technology. I worked in, uh, in electronic warfare with aerospace, and then I was an engineer with Grumman. And uh, in project management, and I've been dealing with technology in different verticals, different industries, and you um, picked me up. You know, in my work that I've been doing with Bayside High School, I volunteered to uh, help out in the Friends of Bayside, which is a, an alumni organization. Um, we provide funds for the school to support the activities of the students. And, and Hugh, being a, an alumni from, from a class previously, he, um, you know, he reached out to me and asked me to, to get together with him and connect him to some of the other alumni and what we were doing. So in that capacity, um, we started working together with this um, Talk Fusion, these video tools, which I think, um, you know, working in technology and realizing 
the power of video today. Um, uh, it, it's it's been a great it's been a great combination of um, of getting a vehicle to to use in any any life in any business that you have, and and also um, you know it incorporates the back end, the revenue stream through the multimedia um, multi level marketing um, to 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 bring in income. I mean. In my field, I pick up on people's processes and tools, and when I find something that works, I share it with other people. And in this particular place, in in this particular um, tool, um, Talk you know Talk Fusion has been uh, unbelievable in terms of of the barriers that can be broken and you know the limits that um, that can be exceeded just by working with with uh, wonderful people, wonderful people who. Who um, looking for success from within, and it, it's a team effort. Um, you know, Hugh and I partnered up and 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 formed a team to do to do many different things, and um, it, it's um, it's proven itself to to show that you don't need to be a geek, a technologist. This is a a, a vehicle that anybody can pick up and learn. They have um, a university to provide a hundred percent support in what you need. And having worked in many different applications, the the whole heart of a of a business is the support, and um, I found the support to be truly wonderful and proficient. Anytime I've had an issue, they've been there to help us. Now, how does this benefit somebody like like yourself or somebody like Hugh? Well, I worked with Hugh to develop a website, and I manage his communications because he's not on. The internet, in terms of email and texting and all of that, um, I, I see the value in what message he has. And with creating our website, rooting out corruption, um, it's it's unbelievable the amount of information that one person can experience in life. And um, you know, I, I just feel that on top of my busy schedule, that there's been a benefit from helping somebody. And and I think that's the whole heart of of what um, business is all about, you know, people helping people, and you know, when you succeed, somebody else succeeds. So it's been it's been a quite an anomal- a phenomenal, um, um, you know, experience. Do you, um, David? I just wanted to um, ask you, with our our world uh, now entering the technological phase, you know what I mean? Um, where it's faxes or, or hard copy letters, snail mail is out, technology is, is in. Do you find that that, and with your security background, would that give an extra incentive of fighting corruption in itself because the technology is produced or, you know, very quickly, I guess, assimilated, produced fast? Yeah, and, and you know, that's one of the things I looked at. Um, you know, when, when you have... Um, when, when you're utilizing a tool, you want something that's owned by yourself. You don't want somebody else being able to get into your your business. And mm-hmm. um, you know, it, I mean, we've just seen a phenomenal um, uh, hearing on Facebook, and oh, you know, yes, yes. you know, people don't understand when you look at a company like Facebook that's offering you mm-hmm. a service, a free mm-hmm. service. How do you expect them to survive? Well, they have to generate revenue, and they do it through advertisements, and they do it through the freedom of you relinquishing your information. And in this world today, people naively give away too much of their information that they later regret. Now, Facebook has security, 
They do lock down your pages. They do lock down the access to other people looking at it. However, in order to make a dollar, they need to have advertisers coming in. And if you're talking about a problem you've had with makeup, all of a sudden they're going to have makeup advertisers looking at your page and trying to get you know business from you. Um, you know, can you fault them? No, because they kind of disclosed it. Now, unfortunately, they did have a mistake. They had somebody come in and uh, kind of got a little bit too much information than they should have. It was a mistake mm-hmm. on their part in terms of not knowing, you know, how it worked, and you know, somebody benefited from it and blew the doors off their their whole privacy and security. They're trying to recover. They're trying to make it better. It's just like email. Everybody wants free email. Okay, you want free email, but when you're using Yahoo and you're emailing about cars, all of a sudden you're going to see the car advertisements start appearing on the side. That's how they make their money. And you give away the information. Now, look, in my business, I work in secure communications. I know how to use you know, secure email when things aren't supposed to be free for everybody. Um, there's there's ways to protect yourself, you know. But everybody has the control right at their fingertip, you know. Whether they want to do that or not, it's totally up to them. But we 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 just have to be careful. And you know, as as Hugh knows, I've I've um, been con- you know concerned about cybersecurity, which covers many different facets of business and personal. Personally, a lot of people have been impacted by by breaches they've had maybe their bank accounts hacked they've had their emails hacked they've had their computers hacked and now you have the criminals coming up with this ransomware where hey look you're going to click on a link i'm going to lock your computer now i want you to give me five hundred dollars to get your computer back well you can lock my computer fine i'll just reset my whole machine because anything i have of value is backed up but 90 percent of the people they don't take those precautions, Lauren. You know, they're kind of going along their willy-nilly way. And one of the first questions I ask my client before I begin any kind of work, I look at their security and I say, okay, if this machine blows up, are you going to lose anything? And they're like, um, yeah. <laughs> so <laughs> let's, let's protect your valuable resources, your data. And that's what this world is all about. Unfortunately, it has become not only a money-making revenue stream for the criminals, but it's been mm-hmm. impacted by nation states. People know if they can disrupt our economy, if they can cause distrust in our government, like we've seen recently on our elections, if they can make our stock market unstable, they're going to do it. And, you know, it's just a matter of... <laughs> acting smarter and being very protective and defensive. And sometimes we have to be offensive, but that's up for the government to do. Did I answer your question? That does answer my question, actually, David. That does. Uh, Because it makes you feel like um, we think we're, you know, on the Internet, you know, browsing, researching, doing our thing. We have – I never, ever considered – Criminals, hackers, all of that, that with you know, still data information, which is uh, can be sold. It's valuable. Well, I began my my um, my war against these crimes with with working with parents who have children in school. I I preached internet safety. I conducted workshops. Parents don't know as much as their kids know, 
And one of the examples I give, if you let your child go into their bedroom and close the door and get on their computer and you don't have a clue of what you're doing, you might as well tell your child to go outside with no clothes on and run around the neighborhood because that's what you're doing. You're exposing them. And my daughter, up until she was a senior in high school, I put parental controls on my machine, not just for her, but I know she had knuckleheads that would call and text and try to bother her after midnight. And a lot of parents go through this. They don't know. Your kid looks like a zombie in the morning because they've been up all night. So as parents and as as guardians, we need to be very, very protective of our children. And a lot of them just don't know how to do it. And I'm not even going to go into the perverted world that's out there, but that to me is is where we really need to to um, to get out and educate people and protect our children. Oh yes, there's a perverted world. I believe just on the 11th, a few less than two weeks ago, President Trump did sign an executive order, um, FOSTA, and it's about uh, targeting this trafficking via cyber. Human trafficking is one of mm-hmm. the high crimes, yes. And it's so sad. It's so unfortunate. I, I live here in New York City. I live in Queens. I don't live in Manhattan, New York City. But in, in this in this city that we live in, you know, you, you pass people on the street. You read in the news that this one woman was given care of children from another country to take care of and made slaves out of them. Now, it's unfortunate our teachers our school systems are supposed to recognize when they see signs and symptoms of something that's not right. But sometimes people just get too busy to take a closer look or listen to a child and wonder what's going on. You know, why, why is this? Why is this child acting different? You know, the psychological symptoms of being entrapped and, and enslaved. You know, the, the word is getting out. There's a lot of nonprofits out there. But um, human trafficking, is, it's, it's, it hits everybody, young and old. Oh, yes, it does. There's a market for everyone. There, it's one of the uh, fastest money-making, even it outweighs drugs and guns, because you can sell a person all over and over and over again. That's the money factor. And then in our community, by it being so covert with this, you know, tagged type of technology, they, you know, it's horrible. Mm-hmm. Well, I just it's wanted to interject for a second, Lauren. Uh, sure. Dave doesn't know uh, your family's background. I don't know that much either. I'd love for you to just give him a little idea of how you've experienced this uh, targeting as an individual uh, uh, so that uh, he, he can resonate with that. Uh, and it doesn't have to be that long, but just because I think you mentioned family members, not just yourself, are experiencing mm-hmm. it. The, and I touched um, on that with you, too, that uh, sometimes it can be through generations. I don't know how long this has been going on, but just, just to give Dave a little background on yourself, and I think your audience also might be interested in hearing it again. Um, okay. Um, I don't mind telling. I really don't. Um, we were tagged as targeted individuals May 2013, and at the time, uh, my sister Lillian and I lived in Los Angeles. Um, we were in the Highland Park area, about four miles west of Pasadena, just about at the end of the line border. Um, Lillian woke up one morning about 6.30, and I, I had already left for work. I had to report at 7.30 to 4.30, and she called me. She said, I, I hear voices in my head. Uh, it sounds like the neighbors, they're saying ugly things to me. I worked a few hours, and after lunch, I, I 
went back, took the train back home to the apartment and said, what's going on? I took Lillian to the doctor, ER. The next thing I knew, they were telling me my sister is uh, schizophrenic and we want to observe her for 72 hours. I said, what do you mean observe her? Well, she's schizophrenic. And I'm like, no, she's not. Lillian is 46 years old. I watched Sybil. That happens to young people, right? That doesn't happen to people her age. We went back and forth, and all of a sudden, next thing I know, they dumped, shred the paperwork. They shredded it. And then Lillian and I left. But after that, we had mobs of people, almost three fatal accidents. It felt as if the city of Los Angeles went against us. Every place you can think for help was compromised. We went to our local police department in Highland Park. They giggled and told us there's nothing we can do for you. We went to the district attorney's office, heart of Los Angeles, waited for about two hours only, only to come out with some man that, that said, there's nothing we can do. We can't help you. Uh, we thought it was also a hate crime. We went to advocates there. At the same time, when I reported to work the next day, I was being ostracized. It's like people would huddle together, look at me peculiarly, and people that were once warm and gracious to me were very aloof and cold. And I'm looking around like, what is going on? In the meantime, Lillian began to feel stings, pains on her body, a uh, sensation as she described as, as rape. And she says, no one's here in the room, but someone's hurting me. Uh, then all of a sudden, Lillian began to have problems. She would smell strange odors, burnt food, uh, smell of garbage. Um, then at one point, she felt, cried all night. Someone's like, it feels like a match. Someone's burning me all over my body including genitalia area. It was, it was torture. I went, I wrote letters. Um, at one point, I didn't even want to quit my job. I had over 28 years with the state of California. Secretarial. I don't know why I could never promote. Uh, four years prior to 2013, I got my BA. I finally made up my mind to get my college degree. And for some reason in that city, and I didn't understand what it was, I could never get the job. I'd be called back for a second or third interview. Never promoted. As I look back on it, I believe I have been targeted my entire life. I just didn't know it. For some reason, always slander and bad treatment with jobs that subsequently I would quit or be told that I need to resign and look for another job. So state of California was very much complicit in our targeting. In September 2013, with ruined job, my sister Lillian not doing any better, we decided, I said, well, maybe if we just relocate, maybe we can live with our sister. In, we have an older sister in Chicago. Let's just pack everything up and leave. Uh, the voices followed her our entire over 2,000 miles trip. Uh, family that I thought we loved each other and were close. My sister's family were very cold and abusive. So we went about an hour away. That's what put us in northwest Indiana. And the purpose of northwest Indiana, I'm in Michigan City. It's the town I was born in, but we left as children because our parents died and my mother's sister lived in Los Angeles. That's why most of us finished high school and made Los Angeles our home. In the meantime, with this targeting is the treatment. And I'm going to go into very quickly, everyone, listen. When you need a doctor or you need a dental office or even 
government municipalities, when I was trying to get a proper retirement, I was stonewalled. It's as if you're blacklisted. In a combination of that, Lillian medical uh, medicines were compromised, and she already had a kidney, a donor, since 2006. I believe my sister health deteriorated and her kidney rejected because the swapping of medicine. One I even ate and it tasted exactly like sweet tarts that we ate as kids. It was a, that pale yellow color. I said, this is a sweet tart that was shaved down. They, all the pills all of a sudden were crumbly on the side. The same treatment followed us here in the Midwest. Many times we would be the first at ER departments and they would make us wait one, two, three hours finally to see someone. A lot of times Lillian was still very sick. It's as if the world blacklists you. That's what's going on. And also social systems will turn against you. Hostility, ordering at restaurants or food to go. You open it up for a hamburger and it's a complete raw patty. Certain hospitals and doctors, we had the treatment as if it was the 1930s, colored only. One point was an annex in Pasadena, and I swear it looked like the area hadn't been used since the 50s and 60s. They were trying to run an IV through Lillian at a, it was like a heavy glass bottle. And I know I saw that on black and white films. I said, don't you have the plastic pouches that everyone uses? The gurney was old, rusty, and the sheets had stains on them. They were dirty. When we made our trip to the Midwest, everyone, we would stop at some hotels, and I swear to God, they were trying to give us rooms that that belonged to trade. And my mother was born in 24, so I know all these catchy words. Trade means it's a room used that usually employees would use. You know what I mean? Uh, back in the 30s and 40s, you know, hotel porters and stuff would have a room in a hotel that they would, you know, press their uniforms or there would be a few cots to go to sleep. It wasn't really a hotel room that they would charge people for because trade means the employees. You know what I'm saying? So our targeting also had a combination in it that was hard, was highly archaic. So it's not just racist. The racism was archaic. That to the point, it took me a while to even understand it. It's like something in history books. It's out there. I had no idea people had those views. They made us feel like we were a pair of Billy Holiday singers trying to wander around and get food. It was horrible. Has it stopped? It can ease up a bit, but tonight, for example, my sister's still in the hospital with a staph infection that I'm sure she got from some botched medical procedure. And there's no rhyme or reason as to why you, huh? I don't think so. I wasn't... Uh, you guys didn't uh, do anything, so, right? No, she Lillian was very sick. She wrote songs. Some of them teased her and said, we're, we, ty- we typed you because we've been selling your music for years and you wanted to go on YouTube with your sister, so that's why. I had a workers, I had a workers comp case because of State of California agency. I was slave worked to death. I got injured. Carpal tunnel, and it seems like they got really mean after that. But they said, well, they're saying sometimes the breakdown could be a lot of things. It's no different than during the 50s and 60s civil rights movements, or they would, um, or 
groups they considered extremists. They would use COINTELPRO. This is similar to that, just with more technology. The synthetic voices, I'm figuring out what it is, how they're able to hear, you know, Lillian can hear them. It's a type of nano-infection that's used uh, chemical vapor depositions, kind of like a afterglow, someone they can spray you, and it's supplied with a maser through walls. Um, forewarned is forelearned. Never, never, ever live in apartments that all of a sudden become ghost towns. That means if the occupancy was 80, 90% and it drops below 50, move. That is a game stalker there. Wow. If most of you, yeah, most of your labors look like they work at carnivals, you know what I'm saying? Dirty, um, scruffy, move away. And you can tell if you're a female all of a sudden when you have men that look perverted moving around you, that you're, you are now... They're utilizing you for sex trafficking. There's an appetite to attack women that are made unconscious and defiled, and it's taped and it's sold. That's unbelievable. Wow. So what we all encounter at the same time is you're going to be, they're going to give you a lot of stress. No matter where you go, you're going to have near traffic collisions on the road. They may even have stage accidents, so they can make sure you get a bad credit with your auto insurance. Your job will participate to the point you will have a hostile work environment. There will be mobbing at the job, horrible treatment by supervisors and coworkers to inherit, make you quit. After you quit that job, you're going to all of a sudden find it very, very difficult to get another job. Poverty. Most of us that are targeted, our standard of living has decreased. We are blacklisted. Then with social systems that help them, municipalities adding on, we will not get our rightful retirement, social security disability, or it will be withheld or held up for a long time. Their ultimate goal in this is to make every single target not only poverty, but they really want you living in the street and thrown to the elements of criminality. In addition, there are organized crime factions that work together, and those are the creeps that are using doing the human trafficking, sex trafficking, organ trafficking, trafficking of children, and it's if the traffickers have a sort of network most of them, the boots on the ground look scruffy, but it's like a pyramid. It goes up. A lot of traffickers have nice professional jobs. Judges, cops, lawyers. A lot of times women are involved. They can get next to that woman or that kid faster. Principal, social workers, because of the money, political influence. It reaps quite well. And then they have their lookouts wherever you go. Taxi drivers, hotel staff, government offices. It feels as if everyone's involved. Like a labyrinth. I just wanted to ask Lauren, too, because I did touch base with you on this uh, gentleman's name. And I want also to bring forth the fact that uh, everything you're saying 
I can't disagree with it all. And what we have to do is get more and more evidence. Uh, I don't know if you, some people have said they have implants. I don't know if that's the case with you too, but I, I know that it's been common knowledge that military, the alphabet super agencies, uh, the criminal element, and uh, uh, they're all involved with this. Uh, but everything is com- put into compartments. So I was looking to tell Dave that in, in my way of thinking, you could have 10 FBI agents uh, in a line and five may be involved with this and the other five may be totally unaware of it. Now, I did mention to you the gentleman who used to be the head of the FBI out in Los Angeles, Ted Gunderson. Uh, he seemed to be right on top of when this started really increasing. And you seem to have some knowledge about that. I, I don't know uh, uh, if you could just touch on that a little bit too. And also, uh, Dave is a member of InfoGuard, and he works with a lot of retired FBI, but uh, he can give his perspective from what he's experienced with InfoGuard in New York. I was surprised even that that name even came up. So I don't know if you're aware of InfoGuard, too. A little bit. Actually, uh, in our community, uh, a part of Techno Crime Fighters, Karen Milton Stewart, uh, she's on Facebook. She wrote some um, that InfoGuard uh, gets a lot of their money by being boots on the ground to target us and they work closely with the fusion centers and also um what's that other uh community um well she calls them community vigilantes but i think they're neighborhood watch in regard they get uh money allegedly allegedly i personally want to find the evidence would be the proof of how the money is exchanged because this is still all about money very much even uh, what's happening to us is a type of tra- it's trafficking in itself. It, you know, many people in the community will say I'm non-human experimented, but other things are going on when I say high criminality, asset stripping. So say if, the, you know what I mean, if you're all of a sudden targeted, you work 25, 30 years, you made really good money, your house is paid, they're trying to take your house. Uh, many uh, adults, their elderly parents have died and passed on. They're trying to go in with uh, shisey lawyers and bust that trust up. So they're going after inheritance. Many have written creative songs and books. They're going after intellectual property. They're stripping a person, literally, from the blood to the marrow. Uh, and Ted Gunderson, can you comment Ted Gunderson on Ted was, I was Los Angeles head of FBI. He did an affidavit, actually, that you can retrieve a copy of that. I just interviewed a gentleman um, Wednesday evening, um, his name was Jack Christiana, and he's with TargetedJustice.com. On their website, they actually have the original Ted Gunderson affidavit in which he openly expresses gang stalking is alive and well, mafia involved, and that Los Angeles also had a very huge human trafficking, both adults and children, and he mentioned Hollywood a lot. All I noticed is that he didn't really express that he was in bad health, but it was like a mystery all of a sudden. Ted Gunderson is dead. In these social systems, they can kill you, you know. Right. And have. Very interesting. Well, that's, again, where uh, 
coming together with us were about exposing what needs to be exposed and bring truth to light uh, and create not just that by but by empowering people in a way that will bring in new paradigms to stop this from happening again, going through the spirituality and empowering women and indigenous people and bringing in new paradigms based on spirituality and unconditional agape love. And that's why, again, I, I stay in a very creative mode. So that's part of the reason I don't get caught up in spending time with emails and texting and everything. And I, it's hard sometimes trying to communicate in companies because they're always judging. Oh, you don't use email. Well, I usually screw up the receptionist's head pretty quick. I say, look, <laughs> I don't use email because uh, I'm a veteran. How do you know I don't have any arms and legs? And maybe that's why I don't use it. So now I get their compassion a little bit. I said, I don't, if the grid goes down tomorrow, uh, and what are you going to do? How are you going to communicate if all you do is email? And I know people with thousands of emails, they never even open. It's a polite way of uh, saying, send me an email saying, get rid of you. And uh, it's time for coffee break when I tell them that, you know, I can cover a lot more in a telephone conversation than any email. I can turn on a dime and I can hear from the inflection in someone's voice just to think how things are headed. So uh, <laughs> everything has got a place and it can be utilized. But for me, I would treat email as if back in the day I had a secretary like you were a secretary and I would dictate a letter and, and do it that way. So I, if I'm fully empowered, I look to have like uh, seven or eight people a day just brain draining me with opportunity one after another, which will help bless people and uh, hopefully they'll do the same as they get empowered and we can transform all the stuff that's happening now and the negative into the positive. Yes, and that's what I want to do and we must get mobilized and I know we're all living through, you know, it's a living hell, but that is their focus to keep us emotional. You know what I'm saying? But right. We have to be grounded spiritually, um, philosophically. And intellectual, intellectual too, because no matter what trauma they try to induce, the brain still moves. Right. It wants to move, you know, forward. Right. I, I just want to give Dave the benefit because he is a very busy man. I thank him so much for coming on. If there's anything else that he wants to say, and then I'll continue on with you until whatever time you finish yes, up. And for both of you gentlemen, definitely, and everyone hearing my voice, targetedjustice.com, Jack, Christiana, uh, we had, I had two interviews with him. Everyone on their website, targetedjustice.com, there is the original affidavit of Ted Gunderson. He was the manager, I believe, or head general manager of FBI Los Angeles branch. And he wanted very much to bring out not only this targeting, and, and especially in the entertainment world, but he felt it was blanketing the city. And now that I look back on some things, now that, you know, especially now that you're highlighted like this, you're able to look back on your life, and things don't quite make sense. Sounds like leftover from uh, Edgar J. Hoover days, huh? <laughs> You know, you better believe it, okay? He was one that wanted to <laughs> get in everyone's life, okay? But no one he wore some nice right? dresses, though, <laughs> didn't uh, Jay Edgar Hoover wore some nice dresses? Well, um, 
I, I have to say the the, uh, the the folks I interface with, um, you know, here here in New York and and the bureau, um, you know, we're all about protecting our nation's critical infrastructure, and it's a public private partnership. The you know private partnership being the the folks in the industry, the members of our um, members alliance, and we're we're a nonprofit, so um, you know we we've just seen other other um, members alliances fold up because they weren't able to to run their organization and bring in revenue to stay solvent. Uh, the bureau didn't um, doesn't provide us with any any funding in any way. In fact, um, their funding is being cut, and um, some support services are being um, you know. Uh, brought within the bureau instead of um, the the uh, the outsourced um, agency that they had supporting them. Um, you know, again, within cybersecurity, there comes you know um, child pornography, there comes human trafficking, other other human crimes besides the financial crimes that take place, and of course, protecting our national grid, the um, you know, electronic grid in- infrastructure for our. Our uh, backbone of our nation, you know, you un- unplug a town and watch how long it takes for them to go crazy because they don't have their MTV and their their phone and stuff like that. So, um, you know, these these are things that that keep us as a nation running. So, it's important to uh, definitely, um, you know, work with the industry because the government can't do it. The government doesn't have the wherewithal to to um, make things work, and they they need they need the, the um, private sector to, to do this. So that's our role in it. And, um, you know, like I said, you can't put anything past anybody these days. Who knew that this great nation would have high-level officials in our government trying to undermine our election system and try to try to take down a presidential candidate because it wasn't their political choice. We've never seen stuff like this before, and it's it's a horror that we hope can go away. And uh, this is not a ideology. This is this is a a sin for our nation because we're, we're we've been better than that, and and this allowed to creep into our government, and hopefully we can weed them out and be rid of them. You know, I think oh, there's enough yes. people. Oh yeah. I always say good will prevail. <laughs> and I hope I pray it will too. I do. I pray. It and will and what's happened to you is is um is, is beyond um. You know, who, who could fathom such things happening? What did you do? You didn't do anything. You no, know, it's no. Not like many you took a campaign. Yeah. No, no. Many of us in the in the community, David, weren't even, a lot of them were not active protesters. A lot of them soccer moms. It's all various, various professions that you can think about, very diverse professions, uh, both genders, although it's more women than men. Mm-hmm. Um, and the common, only common denominator that I'm sort of noticing on my own, the age used to be a few years ago, 45 and up. I've noticed they are, they're starting to tag younger people too, younger. Mm-hmm. Okay, and if they're younger women, the especially in our mega cities, David, they know yeah. without a doubt, I'm being utilized, sex trafficking. They want the younger women for you know trafficking, sex, sex mm-hmm. lives. So they're bringing back a lot, and these uh, these doctrines and philosophies are. Uh, at first, I didn't understand them, but they're actually quite um, ancient, almost. Not only with their belief in the dark occult, Luciferians, but also in, in dark and sad empires. You know, the decay of Rome at the end, when it was just you know bread and you know roast, was it bread and circuses, mm-hmm. just for just for playthings. This technology that I know that can heal 
they're using it, you know what I mean, cheapening it to hurt, to maim, to kill. Well, I have to say, you know, in, in this um, free world that we live in, in this in this free nation that we live in, and, you know, people um, people are able to come here with nothing but the shirt on their back. I, I see this in New York City. You know, people who have nothing, they come here, they work, they try to make themselves better, they save money, they don't do anything luxurious other than make sure their kids are educated and that they have food and and, and you know stuff on the table to, to and a house to live in, and then they become great people at some point in time. I mean, you know, we, um, how do we do this? Well, thank God we have free enterprise and businesses. And you know, I, I I've looked in many different businesses. Business has always interested me. Um, I used to work for the corporations, and then I became a you know a, a sole proprietor and out on my own and responsible for my own. And uh, you, you look for tools and vehicles that will take you to where you need to go. And, and I have to say with, um, with this opportunity, because technologically, we all know that video is king. People don't have the attention span to read. They'll listen to a good two or three minute soundbite. It's got to be totally capturing, captivating and, um, and get your message out. And, and that's what people use. They want to be able to sit there on, a, on their phone and, and communicate not in a text email. They want to use video emails. And these are the things that Talk Fusion has mastered, not only nationwide, but they've gone global. They've got a global infrastructure of, of, um, of a communications network where you can, you can communicate with anybody around the world in the palm of your hand. You can have these web conferences with over 500 people you know, looking at a presentation and being part of a video conference. You, you, you've got, um, you just got a phenomenal opportunity. But it's like everything else in this world. It depends on how well you see the opportunity and how well you step up to, to embrace it. That is so true. That is very true. You see people and that we believe, offer this I to. I see everyone wanting it too because um, if we all haven't looked around, we're, nobody's really, you know, a big fan of, you know, our present day media right now. So I, I Oh, my goodness, you know, yes. And so I know Talk Fusion, you're going to do very well. Uh, everyone is is looking and uh, and in you know looking up alternatives now. The you know for news for information, people search the web now, not not what's doled out to us nightly. And this this tool that we have, it, it's mm-hmm. different to be t- depending on who's offering it. And you know, Hugh has um, you know originally introduced it to me and. And our business model, it's not like all the other ones. They don't have somebody like Hugh that's got the global vision, the the ability to make connections. And and uh, for a man, he, he's phenomenal on using the internet from his smartphone and being able to reach out and call people to the point to where, how'd you get my number? Well, you have it on the internet. They have no clue they have it on the internet, you know. But Hugh, Hugh is like a a, a a a virtual hound dog. He can find anybody anywhere for the most part. But it, but the point is, in our business model, we work with people to try to accomplish what it is that they're passionate about. We try to work with them so they can provide a revenue stream to support their lifestyle and take it to wherever you want. I'm jazzed about the technology and about the ability to utilize that technology, the media, the, the um, visual media, and um, 
and 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 stay connected. And and anybody who has a a nonprofit, a, a non government organization, you know, you can hire people to do that if you're, you know, financially stable enough. But you don't have to be. It's like right now, anybody can be a video journalist with a cell phone in their hand. Some of them do a good job at it. Some other people don't really do too good of a job. But to use these tools, it's all dependent upon the coaching that you have and the ability and wherewithal to get out of your shell and believe in yourself and say, hey, I've got the backbone of a foundation, a business that's here, and the only thing it's going to take is me. I'm going to just give a quick example. Uh, uh, thank you again for staying this long, Dave. But uh, he has a, a restaurant strategy that I created based on my knowledge of how somebody that I don't know came into Talk Fusion. I heard this story about a French restaurant in Texas, and the owner uh, just used one of the tools, the video email, and thought it would be nice to send a thank you video email to his customer base, just thanking them for being a customer. Well, he uh, did the video email in a way where he videoed the chef preparing an entree, whatever the sauce was that the chef put on the entree looked so delicious. Everybody that got the email started sharing it with their friends. Within the first week of him doing that, sending that initial video email, sales for the restaurant doubled. Now that's just the tip the very tip of what can be accomplished with the strategies, because again, uh, this is set up as a MLM. I don't like the way they promote it as an MLM. It's promoted like all other MLMs, except the beauty of Talk Fusion 2, again, is you like Amway or uh, uh, Herbalife. You don't have to stock and be a shipping agent for product. Everything is digital. So that's a huge advantage in itself. And it's set up in a way where when you have somebody come into the network through you, money is put onto your account, I think, in the first three minutes that you have immediate access to. So as this starts building and, and you get your network growing, we're looking for people that have a knowledge in a particular niche, and I can tweak what I'm talking about that the French restaurant did because if he's creative, and I don't know who he is or if he ever extended it in the way that I thought of, but he could very casually put it on the receipts for business people coming for lunch there. Here's an opportunity you might want to take a look at for your business. Anybody coming into the business is bringing him passive income back and everybody that they bring in, it keeps growing. And, uh, and then if it's tested locally and rolled out nationwide and worldwide, it's unlimited. I, I envision people going on permanent vacations. A couple can just tour the world introducing just the restaurant strategy. He can also introduce the, the talk fusion information to all his vendors and suppliers, the meat guy, the vegetable guy, the China where the equipment people and his employees even can take advantage of it. They have to do their job to the best of their ability, but all these people that are clamoring and needing the $15 an hour begging the unions to get them that or whatever, even the unions can get involved. And instead of the union being a drain and uh, on the company, they can be in 
empowerment to the company because if they're under the company's umbrella, everything that their union members do with all kinds of other opportunities, if they're under that uh, company's umbrella, it's all passive income. If it's done correctly, the strategy will very easily bring in far more income than the entire restaurant operation itself. So that's just the tip of the iceberg of one strategy which, which we can tweak and utilize for anything. That sounds wonderful, actually. And, and, and the other thing, too, is I know people are financially strapped. If, if they're creative, everybody has networks. We all have families. That's a network. We all have friends. That's a network. So if you don't have it, and I, again, through the bizarre life that I had, I worked 100-hour weeks, but I still tested my entrepreneurial wings and working as a contract security officer at night on a stationary post, I would read and write letters. And then uh, if I needed to take a day off to meet somebody in person, I arranged that and uh, did that. And uh, so I've been at all different levels and uh, that's why I can, <laughs> they don't know how to handle me. They can't handle me. So every time they <laughs> attempt something, I've already, I'm 10 steps ahead of them. I think that's a great idea. I, I like the concept very much, actually. Very much. Because this is our, this is a groundbreaking technological way for advertisement right now. Is that correct? Yes. Again, even just the, Instead of putting flyers, or I hear people talking about starving themselves for events, you can do events just to discuss these things. Uh, uh, actually, again, too, if, say you have an entrepreneurial friend or, uh, or approach them even cold and say, look, <laughs> if you can sponsor me to come in, I'll, everything I do will benefit you if you don't have the money. If you can show somebody the value of these tools and, and they can bring you in, uh, then uh, they're going to benefit everything you do. And we help people at no cost in our network. We don't charge anybody anything. We're not into the ego or greed. We're into truly uh, transforming economics, uh, education, politics, religion, and more. Fantastic. And I, I'm just listening to your concept, Hugh, you and David tonight, and I think it could be an asset to this community as well. Yes, it takes work. It's not, I mean, people that have come in, I was in and out of talk fusion before. I'm back in it through Dave now, but uh, I just, it, it's uh, the people that I was involved with in the network, all they wanted to do was promote the MLM aspect of it. To me, that's the gravy on top of the power uh, when you use the strategies that we can create. So I'm looking for the people to see the value of the tools and have that passion and coming in a, as a, in a professional way and then let us mentor them at no cost. Okay. Well, I'm really glad to have heard about you and David's um, company. Um, and I hope, really, that um, how Talk Fusion could be a good asset for the targeted individual community. Yeah, and uh, Dave can tell you how to... Uh, find out information about it. Uh, you want to direct them to uh, the Facebook page, Dave, or your site, or whatever. Well, I, I think the, um, the the Facebook page is is good because it has the link that we have to our business model. If you go, just look up and go to Talk Fusion. 
um, you're, you're going to get into the public page, but as far as the, the actual business connection page, um, you, you need our number, which is located on that um, Ubiquitous Opportunities page. Okay. Ubiquitous Opportunities Unlimited? On, on the Facebook page, yes. On the Facebook page, okay. Right. Um, make sure, everyone, I'll put that link down, Stephen um, David. Well, I really um, want to thank you both, uh, David, for really explaining, uh, again, not only how this uh, venture is needed, but the cybersecurity areas that you both looked into. And I love Hugh, his visionary, that he can see, you know, how we need to strategize. And I think we need it very much in our community. It would be a great advertisement to get the full exposure, to get the word out, of course. Definitely. And we'll in send fact, you the direct link to, to our business page. You know, we're on the Facebook page, but we have a, a Talk Fusion business page that we'll give you the direct link to. Okay, that's terrific. And I want to pass that out tonight to everyone listening that can get on social media. Ubiquitous Opportunities Unlimited. Well, I want to just thank Dave if you want to hang in there. I don't know how much time you have left. I'm open to speaking with anybody that may want to come on and ask questions. Um, I was getting ready to go right into that. Do you have time, uh, David, or do you have to leave? Time permits for you. No, I've got a few minutes. I've got time. Okay, everyone. Uh, at this moment, we're going to have uh, questions and answers. So if you've called, go ahead and star eight on your phone for Hugh tonight, as well as David. If you're in the chat room, go ahead and type your question in, and I can see it on the board. And... Um, out of curiosity, Hugh, how did you find out about our community? You saw um, videos? I think. Uh, something, again, I'm very spiritually led to things, and mm -hmm. that's where I uh, tell people to just establish a personal heart-to-God connection. I don't tell anybody what religion to believe in or how to, uh, but I say it's not about religion, it's truly about spirituality and the indigenous people know that for sure but just establish that personal heart to god connection and ask god to guide you in whatever you're doing and find your passion and i, I synchronicities are all over my life uh, you'll see on that website reading out corruption.weebly.com as you go through the pages and listen to all the different radio shows i've been on and how Psychics pick up on my energies. <laughs> I, I, I always looked at it as entertainment, but I'm truly amazed that even though I'm open and honest, that the, everything is always positive. I never get any <laughs> negative stuff on what who I am, which is interesting to me. So uh, it's somehow I came across targeted individuals and just started researching it, and then found the talk show page with all the shows on. Uh, Ella Free, and I spoke to her a few times, and she was wanted to have me as a guest, but you beat her to it. <laughs> so, no, okay. so and, and then you, you may be able to it. even, not, not, it's not a competition, it's really about people helping people helping people, so you can make her of aware course. of this yeah. show, and maybe that will be helpful to her, but uh, I just want to interject too, real quick, that uh, I did an interview on YouTube. It says uh, Dave interviews Hugh Charleston on YouTube. 
and I touch on something I call a lipod, and the initial concept, uh, this was spiritually given to me, the initial concept I give free to all mankind. Uh, YPOD stands for your personal opportunity database, and it can be as simple as an index card file of contacts and opportunities. You don't have to put it on the internet. You can keep it, you know, somewhere with the <laughs> gang stalkers that won't find it or whatever. And uh, even if they see, cover it up so they can't see what you're writing, put a towel over your head with a flashlight and write something on the card and put it away mm-hmm. somewhere. But uh, yeah, that. Uh, it gets empowered by how you interact and network with it. And back in the 80s, I would, you'll even see letters from big corporations that were thankful for information I gave. I was looking to work with them, but they just checked me out and figured, well, we'll just take this guy's connections and make millions of dollars. We don't need him. We've got a staff of lawyers to keep him at bay if he wants to cause trouble for us. So I was circumvented mm-hmm. probably in many multi-million dollar opportunities, but that's okay because uh, I have unlimited creativity and uh, also uh, there was a world-renowned business management marketing consultant who was like the king of franchising back in the 80s. as a little reference from David D. Seltz on there. And he was fascinated by my mind back then and wanted to start an organization, but unfortunately he took ill and passed. So all these things, I, I always get knocked back sometimes as I'm just getting close to being successful. But uh, at this point in life, a um, billion dollars isn't going to change my lifestyle that much. It might give me a, a better steak to eat when I can <laughs> want one or whatever. Yeah. But I can only eat one steak at a time, and I'm looking to educate the billionaires. I said the law of attraction is very simple and basic. What you put out is what you'll get back. So if you're doing it in the right way, you'll always have it coming back to you. But if you've made your billions by exploiting people and hurting people, there's karma attached to that. So we all came from spirit. A hundred years is like the blink of an eye in terms of eternity. We're going to go back into spirit. I say we're fully accountable for everything we do here, and you can't take the material goods with you. And real quick, just because people, you can make a choice at any point in your life. And I love to throw this out to people just to open their minds a little bit. I say, if you had to choose this instant, which would you rather be, an embittered paraplegic billionaire or a healthy, happy person with all your basic needs met? Now, some may jump right on the billionaire, but I think after a couple of days, they truly regret that. So find the joy in life, be happy, be a blessing to others, Put out the love energy and expect more love to come back to you from doing that. And if you have negative people, send them uh, prayers and say that uh, you're accountable for whatever you're doing. Understand that. Hopefully you'll wake up before you have to face God someday. And you can't hide from God. (laughs) So good luck. (laughs) No, you can't. You absolutely can't. Um, Well, actually, Hugh, um, I've... uh momentarily, and we don't have anyone um, at this time asking for questions, but I want to personally thank you and David for coming on the show tonight. It was... Um, well, I don't know if you're ending your... it now. If you have questions yourself from anything, I'll be happy um, to stay on. 
Well, I yeah, think we should. Now, let me take a break then and um, go ahead and tell everyone about Monday's show, and we will return. How does that sound? That's great. Okay, give me a few minutes to make that announcement. Hi. You're at the right place. Lauren's podcast. Now that we are aware that we're targeted, dreams, life, sabotage at a distance, we still rise. Our spirituality is required more than ever. Are we living in the end times? Will our Messiah return? Many say that sin must blanket the earth and corruption is at its highest. Look around our world. Join me Monday, April 30th, 9 p.m. Eastern Standard Time on TalkShoe. We continue the end times. My call, one four four seven seven one. It's Lauren talks you Monday night at nine p.m. The end time. Let's carry it back to the other side of the break with Mr. Hugh Trollson and Mr. David Solano of Ubiquitous Opportunities Unlimited. Thank you, Hugh and David. We made an announcement, everyone. I'll be back on Monday for End Times. Uh, let's continue tonight's discussion. Um, you look targeted individuals by your searching, Hugh. You found our community, but I think you mentioned briefly strange things happened in your life. Would you, do you think you were once targeted? Do you feel like you might have been? Well, as we touched on in our conversation privately, it may even be a generational family thing because uh, both my parents were very successful. My mother, unfortunately, had a tough life. Uh, she was the daughter of a World War One veteran who uh, was an alcoholic and a bar owner, and she'd come home with straight A's, and she'd get her head slammed against the wall and said, that's the best you can do with this or that or whatever. And, uh, yeah. and but yet she was so talented in so many ways. And uh, then on my father's side, uh, my mother was my father's third of seven wives. I'm the first child my parents had. And you'll see on the Charleston and Trump page, my father's sixth wife actually was married in Gracie Mansion to the controller for New York City, William J. Diamond. They were married and Gracie mentioned by Rudy Giuliani when he was mayor. <laughs> and uh, you'll see if you scroll down, the, an artist that was world-renowned that painted probably most of the elites and did paint my father and his uh, widow, his seventh wife. Uh, and so it's just the people that I was exposed to on both sides uh, was amazing. And again, when I became disabled a month and a half after my wife passed uh, uh, in 2007, I started looking back over my life, looking, saying, uh, trying to figure out where I was going to go and what I was going to uh, do. I always loved Fort Lauderdale, Florida. I was living on Long Island, and I knew that financially and uh, weather-wise, it wasn't the best place for me in my physical condition. So. Uh, and I started looking at the hurricane situation in Florida and going, well, if I go down there, how many hurricanes am I going to have to 
evacuate from? How much is that going to cost? Where am I going to go? And what's going to be left if I come back? So I had a daughter living in the Richmond, Virginia area, and I knew the area a little bit. So I came sight unseen into a senior in the independent apartment building. And um, then uh, it turns out, <laughs> I think I broke up the start of a witch's cover in that building. It was quite bizarre. Yeah, I discussed that in the interviews, and the head of it had a son who was a sergeant on the county police force, and he set me up in a scheme where he got two weak-minded women that claimed I was stalking them. They had fear of their lives for the period of a couple of months. And uh, I was arrested on January 3rd, 2009 from my bed. I've never been arrested for anything in my life, but there again, I let go and let God. And as long as that faith is rock solid, as, as horrible as it is when you're going through it, you can get through it if you have that faith. So the miracle started happening. I believe you're right happening. about that. You're yes, right about that. You got a quarter point to the attorney that was a retired Major General from the Army National Guard, the first thing he said to me when I came into his office, what the heck are they even arresting you for? I said, I think it's evil trying to throw me off my path, but it won't. And I gave documents to the arresting policewoman who refused to look at them that showed it was total BS. Thank God uh, she photocopied and nothing happened to the documents. Otherwise, I'd probably be dead or in jail or whatever. But awful. Uh, that's yeah, awful. They're resting at night. That sounds. Um, I think you're targeted. Yeah, I think. Uh, I don't. And I do believe it could be generational. As I look back, you know, yeah, my mom exactly, and dad yeah. they handle things. They were born in the 20s, so I think they handle life and its disappointments like different. You know what I'm saying? Yeah, and it's very sophisticated the way they do it with me and the guests. <laughs> yeah. So far, I've come through it beautifully. So maybe that's. I'm an experiment in that regard. Well, we'll make it even more sophisticated next time. So uh, to, anyway, to run through this real quick, um, you'll see on the uh, website, rootingoutcorruption.weebly.com, a page called Amanda of Love. And there's documents on there, even the arrest documents and the memos. Uh, the two women that had me arrested, one was a reverend type who I actually trusted, and she turned out to be a female Judas Iscariot. And it's obvious that she perjured herself <laughs> with documents that Dave was able to put on the Internet for me. And there's a oh letter God, from me. Sure I... I'm sorry? Okay, me... I wanted to say that real slow so I can type it in the web. Is it root out corruption? No, it's, uh, the best way to get to the site is just to put Charleston and Trump whistleblower. It will bring you to a page. And once okay. you're on the website, you can go in the menu and just click on all the different pages. So okay. if, you put, if you put Charleston, T-R-A-U-L-S-E-N like Nancy, then the word and, A-N-D, and then Trump, T-R-U-M-P, and the word whistleblower. And then you'll be able to scroll down on that page. There's even a, a portrait of Rudy Giuliani that was done by this artist who painted my father and his uh, seventh wife. I wasn't sure if it was my father's sixth wife who uh, got married by Rudy Giuliani or his widow. That's, so I contacted <laughs> the artist and she was able to tell me it was his widow. Oh my gosh. <laughs> yeah, you it's wild you're... when you see all that. On the, uh, uh, you'll even see business cards. I was interviewed back in the 80s 
by a Secret Service agent, and I was supposedly uh, involved in a plot to assassinate President Reagan, <laughs> which was, again, no, Yeah, that sounds like targeting. Actually, it does, Hugh. When they try to, um, a lot of times they take really, really law-abiding Americans. They also, with the criminality, they also want to criminalize the target. False, uh, you know, false right. arrest, false Baker acts, you know. In, well, in the Wall Street Journal article, a guy I exposed, it was pretty interesting because that only told the, the reporter's side of what happened in that, but there were a lot of other things happening at the same time. And I had actually had a, a gentleman from the country of India living in Canada who flew down to Washington and met Dr. Sines and whatever they agreed upon, all of a sudden I'm getting a call from the gentleman from India up in Canada saying that uh, he was extremely afraid and it was now telling me firsthand I had no knowledge of this, but that uh, Dr. Science and he had arranged to help bring $60 million out of Nigeria. <laughs> and, oh, my and, people, yeah. Look at yeah, that. Look how they're trying the to so, uh, Dr. Science had given codes and the money was supposed to go from Nigeria to London to Canada and then into the U.S. And you don't get money out of Nigeria. It's very hard, but evidently it did go out of Nigeria to London and everything stopped in London. They were just testing $3 million before they did the whole $60 million. So I get this call from the Indian guy up in Canada saying, because I guess there were about 14 or 15 Nigerians in a motel room or something, and they're threatening to kill everybody involved in this <laughs> opportunity. I'm just hearing about this. I said, is my name involved with this? Oh, yes. I said, what? I said, do you have a telephone number for the person that's saying that he wants to kill everybody? So I got the guy's number. I called up and my wife was such a sweet earth angel. Uh, I, at first, I confirmed that uh, I had no knowledge of this and that they're going to kill me too. Oh, yes. I said, hang on a second. I just put my wife on the phone to confirm that he's going to kill us as a witness. And I said, all right, thank you very much. I hung up. I immediately called the Royal Canadian Mounted Police and the FBI. And that's the end of what I ever heard from anything. I think they raided the place and put them all, took them all away. But, yeah, I got a whole bunch of things like that that went on throughout my <laughs> crazy life. Yes, attempts to criminalize you. You know, they'll do that. Or to set a well, set people up. I'll give you a real quick one, too. It was so funny is Fourth of July weekend, right in the senior independent apartment building, uh, there's a, a sump area. It's a nice grassy area, whatever, too. And uh, there's an indigenous thing I learned about called earthing, where you just stand barefoot on Mother Earth, and it's actually been proven to be therapeutic and healthy. It draws inflammation out of the body. So I've been doing this for a while, but Fourth of July weekend, I'm standing there minding my own business. I see a patrol car, a police patrol car swing by. I wave. I couldn't see who was in it. The windows were dark, and then it passes by uh, another two or three times, and then all of a sudden it stops, and a policewoman gets out and comes over to me and says, are you all right? I said, I'm perfectly fine. How are you? So she goes, do you live here? I said, yes. 
do you have your driver's license? I said, I'm not driving, but my driver's license is in my apartment if you need to see it. And then after about a minute and a half of speaking with me, she says, do you mind removing your hands from behind your back? Whoa, easy now, gal. <laughs> I'm very slowly moving my hands from behind my back. If I was a threat to you, you should have started that way because I'm not bothering anybody. You came to me. So I put my hands up in the air. We talked a little bit more. I said, I'm an Air Force veteran. Oh, my father was near, but well, it was. Now we're having fun now. And so I, see, I got my Social Security number, gave that to her. All of a sudden, a backup patrol car came. She didn't call for backup. So this was pre-planned. And I had my slippers over against the metal fence, and the male police over go, those your slippers? Yes, sir. I guess I'm some kind of mad slipper shoe bomber or whatever that's going to blow up a middle a metal fence on the 4th of July weekend. So I gave enough information where they left, and then I saw them go sit in the parking lot side by side and talk for about 15 minutes, and then they dispersed. Now, I didn't want to put too much pressure right away on the local police chief. So I let about six months go by and I called up and explained to him what was going on with what I just told you. And he said, it sounds like you're complaining about one of my police officers. I said, I'm not complaining about anything. I'm stating facts. I'm going to give you another fact to see, understand this. There is a witness that saw the whole thing that went down. And he said that if I need to, he will come forward and explain that to the media, whoever I would want him to tell what happened on that day. He said, well, let me get back to you. He never came back to me. I did a radio program. I think you'll pick it up on YouTube, too. It's Hugh Charlson dismantling the police state. And I described this toward the end of the show. And my life was saved by the police in New York, by the way, too, which is interesting. But anyway... Uh, I made sure that this show got back to his attention. He called me up and he said, look, I want to come over and meet you in person and apologize for the way this was handled. He did do that. So I give him kudos. And thank goodness uh, now at least he's aware. Yeah, don't fool with me. <laughs> if he got something legitimate, fine. But don't play games with me. Oh my God, I believe, yes, they are. They'll do that. Um, and thank God, though, Hugh, uh, nothing got too, um, you know, cons- you know. You well, know, I, uh, you mentioned the accents. I had a very bizarre thing, and I think it, I don't want to go into too much of an explanation until I really have the right kind of people to give the in-depth facts to. I'm really looking mm-hmm. for good investigative journalists, because I do have a lot of factual stuff that can really be looked into if they're not scared that they're going to be taken out or whatever. But exactly. I have said on, I have said on radio shows that I have no fear anymore. I mean, after my DNF experience, every day is a, a blessing for me to be here to bless others. So I'm sort of like a way show in a, a Phoenix Rising, uh, but the stories aren't all about me. It's about me showing you how my faith in God has seen me through all this stuff. Uh, but uh, there's, um, I don't know where I was going to go with this. There's so much to say, but uh, yeah, you'll do. You'll think, um, do you think um, that if you you believe sometimes you might have been generational? Do you think your parents were they of that generation? They just kept things more quiet because I know my mom did. 
And I well, kind of, you know, I wish you had told me more. <laughs> when my father was growing his business, and here again, why again, I could have been targeted to, and I did mention this to you, as a young boy, uh, I recall my father taking me and my brother on a tour of the first nuclear submarine, the Nautilus, when it was uh, based at Portsmouth, New Hampshire, for some servicing. And uh, I had mentioned that to somebody that had been in the military. He said, civilians don't get a tour of the first nuclear submarine like that. And so I guess my father got permission because he just wanted to uh, look at the installation of his refrigerators, which were original uh, manufactured equipment on the Nautilus. So uh, we also used to vacation in Cuba. And the second year running over the Christmas, New Year's holiday, we were there for the overthrow of Batista by Castro in 1959. We're about 50 miles outside of Havana. And we got out on an emergency flight, which my father, I believe, arranged to a gentleman that he introduced me to the following year in Fort Lauderdale, Florida. And this gentleman's name was Len Povey, P like P-O-V-E-Y. At the time, Len Povey was the president of Mackey Airlines, which used to fly out of Fort Lauderdale over to the Bahamas. I think Eastern Airlines eventually took it over until the Trump shuttle took over Eastern Airlines. But I did not know until a few years ago that Len Povey was one of the original American barnstormers. He actually trained the Cuban Air Force under Batista and is responsible for an air maneuver done in air shows to this day called the Cuban 8. That's all knowledge that came to me just a few years ago, just looking in my past. And I, I love putting this one out, too, on the uh, rootingoutcorruption.weebly.com site. There's a page called Media Review with a couple of book jackets. And I spoke with both authors back in the early 80s after reading their books. They Both books were probably spiritually given to me to help me understand how I was being manipulated. But the, uh, the big one, the KGB, The Eyes of Russia, written by Harry Rositsky, uh, I lost track of him over the years. I And something triggered me in 2008 just to look on the Internet to see if he was still alive. I read his obituary and four synchronicities jumped right out at me. His name was Harry. My father was named Harry. His wife's name was Barbara Helen. My mother-in-law's name was Helen. His daughter's name was Anne Elizabeth Hunt. My wife's name was Anne Elizabeth. My mother's name, maiden name was Hunt. So four synchronicities and one little obituary is pretty bizarre, but high-level CIA is off the charts. So, again, I spook the spooks. (laughs) (laughs) And I I don't have the fear of death. I laughingly say I'm changing the world from my dining room table. It's going nicely. I'd like to kick it up a few notches now to be a blessing to others. But uh, I have said that uh, if they're going to take me out with a hitman or something. I said, I asked God to let me uh, eat the hitman's brains out from the spiritual realm, be very painful. I'll be more gentle on the guy, on him than the guy who hired him. I'm saying it for years, not as a challenge, but I do ask God to just uh, grant me that little uh, favor if that's the way I, I go. And when I look up at the chemtrails, I say, look, <laughs> That stuff isn't going to affect me in any way, shape, or form. Uh, You're not going to 
kill me. When my mission is over, God will take me home the same way he's going to take you home, and you're going to be accountable for everything you did like that. Um, There's a lot of scores to settle, I'll tell you this much, because this is quite... um What's happening is quite evil, you know that? It's yeah, well, evil. again, that, love energy is the strongest. That's God energy. So that's why I'm looking to show people, don't fight it. Again, the, the, the law of attraction, uh, there's a story about a, a guy that was actually physically fighting the devil, and he's fighting him for hours and just getting almost worn out. And he, he's saying, God, please, why can't you help me or whatever? And God finally <laughs> says to look. I'm waiting for you to get out of the way so I can take care of things. So true, Hugh. That is so true if we can just get out of our own way. Right. If we can just learn to get out of our way and just trust. As you, it seems like you have that inherently. You know, you well, you have go. to have that because if you, don't, if you have one little pinhole, that's all the evil needs to bring the darkness right back in in a different way. Oh, I was getting back to the page ananda of love these two women that had me arrested one was a reverend the other had the first name of joanne so you'll see information on this ananda of love page i i still feel a very deep body mind and spirit connection with her and i hope someday she'll get help either she's possessed by the jezebel spirit or she's an actual dark witch uh, and you'll see information on why I say that on the uh, page. But, uh, I'm going to read that because, you know, they did say um, a lot of these people against us are witches and warlocks and, you know, all of that mess. <laughs> yes, it's fascinating. But, uh, she, uh, <laughs> okay. And when she, she was threatening to me in a paranormal way, she said, I could see you for slander. I said, I love it. It's your own words out of your own mouth on your own radio show. Let's go to court. I can't wait to be entertained by this. You do, yeah. They, I'm sure the hell out on of the other side are out there. Uh, yeah. <laughs> well, when I was saying it, then I came to the realization before he, she changed her name to Ananda, her name was Joanne, which was one of the two women that had me arrested, and she's also a reverend. I, I don't know how they become reverends. I guess they pay 10 bucks and get a certificate or something. But uh, <laughs> So just for her to be manifesting as a two-in-one against me, and she was fully knowledgeable, I didn't hide anything related to my prior arrest and stuff. So very sophisticated stuff. <laughs> but again... <laughs> I laugh at it all. I I forgive them all. I I wish them the best. I hope that they'll get help before they go back into spirit. I'm not looking to sue anybody, but I want my story told. You know, Hugh, I would love to uh, have it told. I really think so. Because, you know, sometimes sometimes with the mess they put on us, they want us, like, petrified or something. And sometimes it's corny. And then what is, I would love to interview you again about the occult, dark occult, because people have mentioned to me there's a lot of, yeah, witch, witches, uh, covenants against us and warlocks and all that. I don't know anything about that mess. Right. And again, too, uh, you know, we're, we're dealing with technologies that are supposedly new to us. I don't know if, uh, if you look at it in the right way, you take a guy from the Bible stories like, Daniel and the lions dead. Wasn't he a targeted individual that they threw in with a bunch of hungry lions for their entertainment? Yes, and I do believe sometimes uh, Jesus Christ, when he came down, remember there's some places he got off the boat and they got told him to get back on and leave. I said he was targeted. 
Right, there you go. And, and yeah, it's interesting, it's, too. But I had that on the end times. Everyone listen in. This targeting, this, with, with the help of recent technology, the whole operation is still very ancient, and they even throw in things like COINTELPRO, J. Edgar Hoover, 40, 50, 60 years ago. You know, they just have technology, but a lot of their principles are quite ancient. You're exactly right. Yeah. And so that's, again, where you have to get that personal heart-to-God connection straight. And don't, yeah. don't go into fear, but just let go and let God when you can't handle it and understand yeah. that. And, again, what I'm doing is pretty grandiose. <laughs> I, mean, I'm I, I think it is you, because I think I, you and David, I like the company, both of you on even tonight. And I'm just sitting here for a minute. How did these two gentlemen, what, what their business venture is, how did you find them, the targeted community? That's what I'm just still, you know, like, how did this man find us? And well, I think again, it's that's God working. Uh, I, I open up to, and here's something very important I'd like to bring out, too, because I always give everybody the benefit of the doubt in the beginning because uh, I want to be trusting. I don't want to be paranoid and, uh, and, and judging <laughs> you. Based on, so, I mean, I, what I say is time will always show where somebody's coming from. And the other big thing related to even information, even if I'm, I get telepathic messages at different times or whatever. I mean, these are thoughts, uh, how they're coming or who's sending them or what. But if it's all about me only, no, no, no. Uh, that one I'm going to put on the side. But if it's about me learning and understanding something that can not only benefit me, but benefit others, that's what I want to pay attention to. Uh, that's you know that you know what this technology is good about sending subliminals and you just figured it out that a lot of individuals in the community are starting to discover if you can recognize a thought that you know without a doubt that is not me it has been you know placed right. in you that is not how you think you know what I'm saying so I guess I frustrate them probably like the movie One Flew Over the Cuckoo's Nest or something but probably. Uh, <laughs> <laughs> because all you have with this with this mess, all you have to just say sometimes. I, I sometimes bust up laughing. I th- that is not what I think of. Oh, I, I, I want to give you this too before I forget because uh, this is interesting to me too with my creativity and the way spirituality works. I mean, I have all these supposed uh, non-curable progressive diseases that uh, I came into the veterans healthcare system through the means test after my wife's insurance lapsed or whatever she had already passed. So uh, when I went to the pulmonology clinic, because I have COPD and you can put huge also manifesting your future, I was just interviewed recently by COPD Digest. That might be a, it's a very brief article, but it's inspiring for people. So anyway, uh, the doctor takes one look at me and says, you're going to be dead in six months. I said, nice meeting you too, Doc. Are you a fortune teller or whatever? I don't know. hope you're having a good day. What a wonderful bedside manner you have. But uh, anyway, he's no longer in the hospital. I don't know if he's still alive, but I'm still going strong. And uh, I take about 15 different medications. I would prefer to get out of the uh, VA healthcare system because I don't like the allopathic. I like the holistic more, but 
using spirituality, and I, I just ask God to transmute everything. I'll take it the way the doctor's telling me to, but I say, you know, I'm here for mankind uh, and to do your will, not mine. So uh, that's how I approach life, uh, again, in that respect, too. And I had a, an additional problem, I guess, through the progression of things. And April of 2015, I had a very difficult day where I was having trouble walking and breathing and I called the hospital nurse and she oh you have to come into the hospital I said I don't have transportation I called 911 when they came I identified myself as a veteran and everything and they called the VA hospital they didn't have a bed for me so here again that's God watching out for me because I, I wound up in a Catholic hospital uh, that was um, uh, and identified myself this was also at the time frame of a Friday afternoon, and I was discharged on a Sunday. That's the time of Jesus dying and then resurrecting. But anyway, I got up into the room, I guess, in the early evening, and I didn't pay too much attention. And then in the morning, I woke up and I saw a cross right over my bed of Jesus Christ. And then I'm self-proclaimed to the heartbeat of America. There's a big picture window in my room. I'm the only one in the room. And outside the window is a huge American flag <laughs> waving. So I said, oh, this is interesting. And then I'm looking at my room number. There was no reason or rhyme for me to do this, but my room number was 4225. I started playing with the numbers, and I said, wow, look at that. I just created my birthday out of the numbers of the room number. So my birthday is September 22nd, 1944. If you take the 4225, take the 5 from the end and add it to the 4 in the beginning, you get a 9. The September 22 is the day I was born. Then if you take the four numbers, 4225, and keep adding everything together until you come to a single digit, 4 plus 2 is 6, plus 2 is 8, plus 5 is 13, 1 and 3 is 4. Take that 4 from the front and add it to the 4 I just created, you get 9-22-44, my birthday. <laughs> and, and then, too, uh, there was no reason for me to resonate with this, but I'm living as self-proclaimed Hugh, the heartbeat of America, which I did even before I came to where I am now uh, in Ashland, Virginia. I've been here since late September 2009. Ashland is a little city about... 20 miles north of the capital, Richmond, Virginia. Ashland builds itself the center of the universe. I'm self-proclaimed here the heartbeat of America. Ashland sits in Hanover County where Patrick Henry grew up who said, give me liberty or give me death. <clears throat> Excuse me, as a Vietnam-era veteran, I feel the same way all these years later. And that's why I want to get this country back on track through the new paradigms of spirituality and unconditional agape love and empowering women and indigenous people so that if with our freedoms we can unite peacefully, uh, we can mirror that out to the rest of the world, not through control, conquer, and divide and war, but through unconditional agape love. We can show how we were able to do it and, uh, and with all the blessings we have, people will wake up and realize that the greatest asset of any country is its people. So if you want to be subject to some crazy dictator that's trigger happy with nuclear weapons, that's your choice. But if you desire to make the world a better place and, and have your 
generations that you're bringing into the world and your families have a better world than what you're experiencing, then take some kind of action. And I uh, come into contact with these new ages. Oh, I'm so spiritual, but I don't know what to do. I said, at least say a prayer. That will help raise the consciousness, and God will put the ego in check where it needs to be. So uh, there's so much that can be done that people, they just, I, I say, Go look in the mirror and ask yourself who's controlling. I mean, you're controlled to some degree where you have to go do a job, this and that, or whatever. But even on the jobs, when I had low-level jobs, I knew I was good because I I did more than what was required, especially in security. And I always loved the security field because I only wanted one or two positions, all the way at the top or all the way at the bottom. And I, I did eventually have to take a a middle-level position because my wife wanted me home more at night. So toward the end, I did do that for her, but I did it with a stipulation that I have just a day shift. I don't bounce on any other shift, but they had me uh, training guards, and then they, you know, today with the cameras and everything, uh, they're more focused on the, the workers than anything, trying to control them and stuff. So my boss's boss happened to come around and saw me in the car talking. I was training a guard, and then he passed by about 20 or 30 minutes later and never even came over and introduced himself or asked what I was doing. But I get feedback from my boss that he was questioning why I was sitting there in that one spot all this time. I said, the guy's got to learn paperwork and this and that. You don't want me bringing him into an office because you want the high visibility of me being in the patrol vehicle for him. I said, I don't really need this kind of crap. I can leave right now. Oh, no, no, calm down. I said, calm down, hell, you're the one coming to me with this bullshit. Give it back to your boss and tell him that's what I said. They backed right off me. So that was your experience also? That would be, you know, kind of harassment at the workplace, making you... you well, know, I, I've had that in other jobs, too. And even the workers' comp thing was along those lines. But uh, it's, Mine, too. Like, and I'll give this other illustration real quick. I think I might have mentioned it to you. I, when I was living in New Hampshire, I was flooded out in the blizzard of 1978 with uh, 18 inches of ocean water all over a first-floor apartment with no insurance. And so all I was looking to do is many of the other people that were flooded out is get the security deposit back because under the lease it showed that it was condemned, uh, even though it was an act of God, the building was condemned for a period of over a month or whatever. And I heard one guy approach the uh, property owner who was a lawyer who bought the property uh, in the fall before the blizzard of 78 in February. And uh, he said, uh, yeah, I wanted to get my security deposit. So I'm not giving you anything. Well, I'll go to the attorney general. He said, that's not going to do any good. He's a friend of mine. I didn't interfere with the conversation, but through my creativity in New Hampshire, a smaller state back in then, those days I was tickled. I wrote to the governor and actually got a response. And the governor said that uh, in a court case, the judge would not uh, pay any attention to <laughs> that kind of thing. So I did my own uh, work, and I went to the building inspector to get a letter from him showing how long the property was condemned so I could utilize that uh, in, co in cooperation with the lease. And he refused initially. I said, that's all right. I'll just subpoena you to court on the day of the hearing. All of a sudden, I got the letter. So I took pictures, too, of a 
mold in the apartments and stuff. And I gave this attorney every opportunity to settle with me on my security deposit, which he was going to do on a certain date and time. I want to collect the check. And he's sitting there with his mother. Oh, no, no. My son's a good lawyer. We're going to sue you. And what they were doing to these victims that had lost everything that were in distress, they were putting in electric heaters, drying out the flooded apartments once the water subsided, trying to pin the electricity charges on top of everything else to these people. So I, I went into court on the day of the hearing, and the judge had looked over my papers and looked right up at me and said, is this some kind of a joke? I said, not at all, Your Honor. This man has victimized victims. And uh, then when I went on a little bit, the judge said to me, let me uh, tell you something. I think you might be better off not having this hearing here today, but getting a clash action suit against this guy. <laughs> so I said, no, I just want what's mine. But here's why the judge uh, sternly looked at me and said, is this some kind of a joke? I read before I completed the small claims forms that I could sue for over the maximum amount. That's what I was suing for. My security deposit was right at that maximum amount. I think it was like $500 back in 1978 or something. But what I had put into the, uh, you could waive the right to collect more money. Uh, if you wanted to collect more money, you wouldn't get it, but you could sue for more money. So what I put in there above the $500 was, I think it was 14 or $15 million for mental anguish. <laughs> that lawyer could not get the check to me fast enough. I set a precedent in doing that, that every case, that came after me was everybody got their security deposit back at the very least. That's wonderful. That is wonderful. Um, well, it's just that, being proactive and thinking. Uh, stop thinking about yourself all the time. And uh, uh, what I say, too, is uh, if you're doing something to help others, uh, that's a blessing that will come back to you. Don't look for the way it's going to come or expect it, but just know that doing that, it will happen. And I empowered the word joy, which you might uh, enjoy for yourself. On January 1st, 2011, I say there's a hidden meaning in the word joy, which you discover when you create a word from each of the letters in the word joy. And when you do that, you find the hidden meaning is Jesus optimizes you. I actually asked Jesus Christ to be my business partner. That makes me an unlimited well of creativity as well as a creative intelligent force. So how are you going to handle that? I don't know how. That's a wonderful way to put it. To make it well, it's a choice. Time. People can do what I did. And just for yourself, Lauren, I'd like to have you take a listen to a archived blog talk show. This is my muse, one of the most talented people on the planet. After Hugh Charleston, if you put unlimited life, unconditional love, I was interviewed a few years ago by Dame Nicole Brandon, who is just a superwoman, as you'll discover from her site, Dame Nicole Brandon. And she's a member of the Transformational Leadership Council, upon which the movie The Secret was based, Jack Canfield's organization, The Chicken Soup Books. Oh, I didn't know that. Yeah. Everyone, um, you have a wealth of knowledge, Hugh, and uh, I think we're 
should all be in our community grateful that you you found our community and um we have to get this horrible secret that's going on also exposed because it's it's very ancient what's going on right. just have the technology gizmos uh but it's ancient and and definitely the hands that propelled us are are wicked and i think we can learn great wisdom an insight, and you and David tonight uh, opened my eyes to one aspect that the community needs very much is a strategy for exposure, which, you know... Well, it's all strategizing. They're strategizing against us. We can do the same in a better way. With, right. You got that right. They are and I, I wanted to share this right. one quick thing, too, before I forget, too. It's on the Rooting Out Corruption dot weebly dot com site this uh page spirituality and multi-dimensions you'll even see some more wedding pictures of my wife uh, and the church that we were married in has a website smwa.org which actually has uh, miraculous photos on it when they have vigils at times when people take pictures unexplained images appear on the photographs one supposedly captures the face of the devil up close so it really spooks the heck out of people because they take everything they see <laughs> there's there's multi-dimensions if you put your hand under a very powerful microscope it's not solid we're all energy and that's another thing too money is energy so that's where they have it all over us with all these technologies and money that keeps feeding it uh, but again it can be reversed and if it's divine will and, and God will again take care of things if we just allow God to do that and not look at God as a Santa Claus. Too many people do that and they say, please give me this, give me that. And when they don't get it, they want to blame God or anything that doesn't go right in their life. They want to blame others. Take the personal responsibility, tap into your spirituality, try that new paradigm of love. I mean, be, don't worry, be happy. Just go out, and if you had bad people that are doing things, stay away from them uh, and just pray for them because they're going to be accountable. I, that's why, again, I hope these women that set me up in these schemes will acknowledge that they did wrong. I, I, I wish them the best. I don't want to sue them, and I actually really support the Me Too movement, and this is a perfect example of my, what I went through because women that have been damaged physically, sexually, or whatever, uh, if they're getting acknowledged finally and compensated, that's all well and good. But beyond that, there's a lot of psychological healing that needs to be done. That's the most important. Yeah, that's very true. That's very true. Um, I haven't heard uh, lately, but I'm sure they're still around the Me Too. I know, uh, you know, around the Grammys and stuff a few months ago it was heightened, and they're bringing it out. And I do have a feeling it's sort of interlinked to the community. There's a lot of, you know what I mean, um, you know, crimes being committed. Right. And, you know, people in power do, uh, are, you know, really treating people that have less power quite badly. You know, how yes. So keep an eye on me and uh, all the people listening. If you have networks, share this beautiful show that Lauren's doing with your networks. Uh, I don't care what people think. What I can't document, prove. Uh, that's your choice. Accept it or or don't. It, I'm just speaking from my heart. So uh, I'm, I'm not selling anything. I can't give you the video technologies because uh, I don't control that. Uh, 
but I certainly can help you if you have them and be empowered tremendously. And there's other things outside of talk fusion that can be explored with uh, Dave and I too, if you keep in touch with him. Uh, I will know. keep in touch with both of you. And I want you and David to also know that on talkshoe.com and you'll pull it up, uh, call one four four seven seven one. Tonight's show, it, you can, um, it uploads in about 10 or 15 minutes. So you can, and it gives you ample opportunity to take the show. It's, you know what I mean? I don't have um, any kind of copyright. It's a free community forum. Right. And you can totally upload it for your um, archives, for your YouTube and everyone. I'm going to learn soon how to put my <laughs> on the And YouTube. please send the show to the White House and say to President Trump, this guy, Hugh Charlson, he knows who I am. Why won't you let him help you in the private sector? Why, why do you have to say you're smarter than all the generals and everyone else, yet all we have is more chaos? You know, that's a good, you know what, that's a good idea, because you do have military experience. You know what I'm saying? I don't, um, it sounds to me, Hugh, this, our country is very, very um, ill. That's a good way to put it. And it really right. needs uh, to be fixed in so many places. Well, again, that, that's exactly because the racial stuff has to stop. We we all bleed the same way. And I think if you really look at history through the beginning of time, every ethnicity somewhere along the line has been genocided, all different colors or whatever. And the other thing is, look at the country before the white man came, the indigenous people, they had their own cultures, their own way of doing things, and they lived beautifully and respected nature and the environment. But uh, they, again, have to go to that place of healing through love because uh, they will say that the white man caused all their problems, but they were fighting amongst themselves before we got here. The same with the, all the tribes in Africa all over the world. So. Uh, let's understand that and let's stop the fighting uh, with the technologies in place now. Uh, you'll see uh, on one of the pages, too, I've even suggested back in 2008, instead of a, a, a global athletic Olympics, let's have a, a business Olympics where people are physically disabled and can't participate in the physical games can help a company in a country make a BLT, which would be blogs, links, and transformations, bring forth the best company in their country to model to the rest of the world, and each country in the world doing that to show that they're transparent, ethical, legal, and moral. It would be wonderful. We do need, that's a great suggestion, actually. We do need that. Right. Well, um, Hugh and David, do you have any Is Dave still with us? Yes, I am. Oh, my goodness. Well, thank you for hanging out. <laughs> I sent Lauren the, uh, the links to the Talk Fusion page, and I also gave her the Rooting Out Corruption uh, link, so she's got those. And I just oh, want to acknowledge again, Dave and I have never met, but he's been a blessing to me, and he's met some interesting people through me, which I hope will be able to <laughs> do some good things with as time progresses. So here again, that's spirituality at work. And we've never met each other except through these technologies. And years ago, before uh, the printing press, we wouldn't know each other <laughs> unless we <laughs> sent up smoke signals or beat the drums or whatever. So I like God to use the technologies. <laughs> That's true. That's true. Well, then, um, David and Hugh, do you have any last closing comments that you have for the callers at this time? I'll let Dave go first on that. Yeah, I'm, 
I, I think that everybody needs to believe in himself, and I think that's what's missing a lot of times. People lose that belief, and I mm-hmm. think when you're partnered with somebody who believes in you and, and brings out the best in terms of, of your abilities and you have a good vehicle to take you where you want to go, the world is a place of unlimited opportunities. And working with you before, I used to look through the uh, binoculars, but it's more like like looking through the kaleidoscope of life right now. So it can be yours. That's wonderful. Thank you, David. That's beautiful, actually. You do you have any last closing comments tonight? Yes, I'd like to. And again, Dave has this on the homepage on the rootingoutcorruption.weebly.com site. The blog creativity777.com has a poem I dedicated to my earth angel wife. We were married 35 and a half years, and she truly blessed me with the lesson of unconditional love, which is what I say we all incarnate to learn as we learn it. We're supposed to be a blessing to others, especially those who can't help themselves. So that's why in her memory, I'm committed to empowering women and indigenous people. And the poem that I dedicated to her titled Caring Sharing is discussed in the interview on that blog as a weapon against terrorism. The poem is in the President Ronald Reagan Library. And Dave Solano was kind enough to pull up a blog talk program where I actually had the pleasure of speaking with Maya Angelou, who had kind words to say about my poem. The poem is only three lines long. It's titled Caring Sharing. It reads, if you dare to care, then share. If you share, pay heed. God will reward every good deed. It sort of sums up what life should be all about. If you contemplate the poem long enough, it will force you to take an action to help someone less fortunate than yourself and when you're doing that you're being a blessing back to yourself just like jesus said so uh pray if you can't do anything else and let god put the ego in check and just be what gandhi said be the change that you want to see in the world be the change of unconditional love let's stop the fighting and the racial bigotry and everything else that's not of love it's absolutely gorgeous, you. It's beautiful. You and David, I have really, truly enjoyed connecting with you two tonight. And I hope in a season or two, I'd love to have you both back on the show, if not before. And I'd love to have people in the community listen to this interview. And I think it's a great idea that we should try to um, learn from your company to do business. We need strategy very badly in our community. So we can have a communication vision just to the point, just believable and uh, credible in what's going on. And I think the uh, the Skype type of emails, the new advertisement that we have, is it's it, we have to get technological. That's where our world is now. Right. And... You're in my prayers in your community, and uh, remember, people helping people helping people. Let's uh, empower each other in the right way through love and stop the hate and all the people oh, in office. Uh, let's let's love the the wrong ones out and love the right ones in. <laughs> Absolutely, you aren't lying. Okay, love really works, everyone. Both of them are right. And um, again, everyone listening, I want to thank you for coming. Uh, As a reminder, I will be on Monday night for the end times. 
at 9 p.m. Eastern Standard Time. Um, as always, thank you again for coming to my podcast. As the young people say, I'm dropping the mic. Um, we'll close out with an oldie but good goodie. If you want to listen to the ending song or hang up, but I want to let you all know, have a blessed weekend, be safe, and what Hugh keeps emphasizing tonight, we have to come together and love one another. It's time. It really is. Thank you so much, and good night to all. Good night, Laura. Good night. Good night, David. Good night, Hugh. Thank you. God bless. Things will be unfair Cause you say That you fall Choose me, break out Yes, you just don't care Cause you fall Lucky Land Slots, you can get lucky just about anywhere. Dearly beloved, we are gathered here today to... Has anyone seen the bride and groom? Sorry, sorry, we're here. We were getting lucky in the limo and we lost track of time. No, Lucky Land Casino, with cash prizes that add up quicker than a guest registry. In that case, I pronounce you lucky. 
Play for free at LuckyLandSlots.com. Daily bonuses are waiting. No purchase necessary. Void were prohibited by law. 18 plus. Terms and conditions apply. See website for details.